With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I like the city I've been browsing. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Welcome to episode 57 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. Coming <clears throat> Uh-oh. Um, you know, I was able to make a Dynasty trade. You know, I was able to do a bunch of different things here with that extra. One of them was we got Smash Accept Listener League. I got a week one showdown with the one and only Mung in our Smash Accept Listener League. And I was banking on Drew Locke being my QB2 all year long. Clearly, everybody mocked me when, when Teddy got the job, right? So I go out and I make a trade. I give up Curtis Samuel and Drew Locke, and I get famous Jameis Winston, ready to throw up some Ws. So, you know, I got that, and then there's a big surprise of what's in the bag for tonight. So we got an awesome episode. We're going to talk Ooh, Matt nice. Jones. We're going to talk J.K. Dobbins. But Mung... We get the trade done. That week one isn't quite a uh, absolute win for you this time. Yeah, it should be interesting. Um, that certainly helps your team. I, I like it for you a lot. I, I'm not super high on Winston, but uh, certainly I don't see Curtis Samuel as a major contributor. Um, maybe a wide receiver three flex type play. Hard to see a ton of target share with Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas there and then Diami Brown as well. So. Yeah, I like it for you. It should be an interesting week one showdown. Yeah, and I, I mean, this year I'm going with the hashtag win some with Winston. John, welcome in. What's going on with you? What's good, guys? Now, it's so great to be back here on the Smash Accept show. Got a big week coming up. I still have a few redraft leagues that are yet to go right before the season starts. I get to go to a live football game on Saturday. So I'm pumped about that and just love this time of year. We get to see finally all, all the hype, all the talk, all the pods finally show up on the field here coming up next week and get to see what these rosters really look like. Right. And Twitter has been all about hot takes and trying to prove we're right through the preseason. And pretty soon we're going to see where it's That's at, right. you know, and I got my yep. draft board behind me. Draft kits did a great job. I love partnering up with them. You know, Mung, I know you had your draft board there with your auction They've been fantastic. You know, we're definitely going to team up with them again next year. Unfortunately, you know, you, you missed out if you didn't get it this year. You know, it's going to be a little bit difficult because drafts. There's still some drafts here and there, but, uh, you know, the season's right around the corner. Tonight, instead of just talking about preseason hype and telling those things, we're going to get back to our bread and butter, and we clearly got some big news, right? First off, we already lost Travis Etienne. We already lost Cam Akers. Now we lose jk dobbins for the season you know and and prayers up to him because we all were expecting big things from jk dobbins 
and now he, he tears the ACL, you know, and it's luckily he's going to have a long time to recover, move things into next year. But, John, what's your initial reaction here? J.K. Dobbins goes down for the year. You know, we've been talking a lot about that Baltimore backfield, and it just kind of just kind of hits you if you have him on your team. Yeah, wow, that was a tough one. I feel like every week now on the pod we're having to pour, pour another one out for one of these big dynasty players hate to see JK go down because he has all the talent in the world. We thought he was going to get a much uh, bigger opportunity in a, in a fun offense. I had him before the injury kind of creeping into the low RB one, high RB two range. I have to knock him down a little bit, but we're, I think we're going to talk about it, help our listeners figure out where should we be valuing him right now? Because again, in a dynasty rebuild type situation, he's a good guy to trade for, but yeah. Um, I co-own a, a team that has both J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers. So, Greg, if you're listening, it's all right. We're going to get through this. Yeah, and that's it's a long season. I mean, there's so many people. We've been talking about it with every single major star that's gone down, with Akers, with ETN, with Michael Thomas, with Carson Wentz. And there's just overreaction city on Twitter, right? Everyone's like, hey, I got to sell now. You don't have to sell now, you know, when you have J.K. Dobbins. But we're going to go over some options there. Um, Mung, you know, the guy that you were never huge on, J.K. Dobbins, but you've been buying Gus Edwards everywhere. You got me on the hype train. Hopefully our listeners were on the hype train because it looks like it's Gus Edwards season now. Yeah, even pre-injury, uh, I was concerned about Dobbins' workload. Uh, I had Edwards much higher than consensus. I had him ranked at RB32 for redraft before the injury, and I had Dobbins at RB20. Uh, I've since moved Gus Edwards up to RB18 for this year. Uh, I think that it's still going to be a committee in Baltimore, whether it's Tyson Williams, uh, Justice Hill, or if they bring in some veteran. But I do think the level of competition is less for Edwards than it would have been with Dobbins uh, with Edwards there. I mean, Dobbins was a great, great, efficient runner as a rookie. But Gus Edwards was no slouch either. I mean, he was very good in his own right, and I think this is his backfield as of right now, and we could see a slightly larger split than Dobbins originally would have been projected for. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of analysts saying, if you have your redraft you know, league coming up here, take Edwards the same place as Dobbins. And I'm not quite that comfortable yet. Underdog has him as RB24. That's in the same range as Mike Davis, Javante Williams, Josh Jacobs, Daryl Henderson, and Trey Sermon, John, I mean, are you comfortable in that range, or are we comfortable moving him up into that James Robinson, Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery area? I mean, how comfortable are you with yeah. Gus Edwards? And before you answer that, like, we've been talking a lot about making sure you have stud-wide receivers and getting a bunch of these lottery ticket-type running backs, right? These guys that if they have standalone value, but if something happens, that value is going to rise immediately. So a little bit two-part question as far as are you willing to move him up into that section or do you feel like he's pretty pretty accurate in that RB24 area? It's tempting, but I still have Gus Edwards a tier below those guys you just rattled off. But the first thing I'm doing in my redraft leagues, whether you know, some of you guys are still on ESPN, Yahoo, whatever it may be, go see where they have Gus Edwards. When there's an injury situation like this that develops after a lot of the drafts have kicked off, sometimes those aren't adjusted. You could absolutely – take advantage of that situation and get him much later than that. And, you know, grab him as a RB three, four flex situation. But I, I think that for me, it, it is a R like an RB two for sure. Where in that range, I kind of have him in the lower RB two range. 
21, 22 type range, maybe just above underdog. I think Mung really has been leading the, the charge with Gus Edwards. I, I can't even imagine how many Gus Edwards shares you have, Mung. So I don't have quite as many, but Mung did convince me to draft him a couple times. And so definitely happy with uh, the Gus Edwards teams that I have now are looking pretty good. Yeah, I feel like we're going to get solid RB2 production. I mean, Mung, let's, let's talk about it a little bit. If he's on your dynasty team, what I've been advocating is giving up a second and a running back who, you know, someone else might be more into, like Kenny Gainwell or someone like that to, to really try to promote to someone to pick up uh, Gus Edwards. I'm seeing some people giving up a first-round pick. You know, I feel like we're too early for that kind of move. Um, what are you willing to pay yeah. if you're on a contender here? You know, I, I, I do think, you know, and John, I did outbid you by four bucks there uh, on our guy Tyson Williams. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. You know? So um, close. I went, I went heavy on him. I mean, I, I really I like what I see there. I feel like he's past Justice Hill. I've heard a lot of things where he moves up into that RB2. And we talk about this a lot on the pod is that next man up. Gus Edwards is the next man up. But we got to talk about the guy who is coming up after that. So, Mung, well, first off, you know, how comfortable are you paying? Would you pay a late first? Or are we talking more like a pair of seconds for Gus Edwards? Yeah, of course, you know, if you can acquire him for a second plus, you know, a smaller piece, a prospect, something like that, that's preferable. But I, I do think I'd be comfortable paying a late first uh, because I do expect that Edwards is going to see a large portion of the rushing share. We know that Baltimore has been the most run-heavy team in the league over the last couple of seasons. Um, they've been the most run-heavy team in the red zone as well. And even last year with a healthy Dobbins, you know, Edwards split that red zone carry uh, share pretty evenly 50-50. And I expect them to get a lot more of that. Um, Tyson Williams may be a thing, maybe not. We'll see if Justice Hill comes back healthy. But I do think that it's going to be primarily Edwards in the red zone. And he has, you know, 10-plus touchdown upside. Yeah, I, and I, I definitely agree with that, Mung. I, I think that he's probably looking at, let's say maybe two thirds of the workload. I do think that looks like I am actually uh, getting a call. So uh, just give me one moment here. No worries. Mike, you still there? Are you, uh, you having connection issues too? Is it just me right now? All right, I guess I'll keep talking about Gus Edwards then. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, J.K. Dobbins was, like like we all knew, a very good runner last year. Um, you know, he was the second highest among running backs in terms of yards after, um, or excuse me, yards after contact per attempt. Uh, but the problem is that Edwards was also very good. Uh, he was seventh among running backs in yards after contact per attempt. Um, so certainly no slouch, like I said. And Baltimore retained him on a two-year, $10 million deal. So clearly they liked what they saw from him. And I do think that even if they bring in a veteran, Edwards is still going to be the clear lead back for the Ravens this year. Yeah, so quick update here. The bad weather, kind of hurricane weather, has knocked out the power for Dynasty Dad. He is working to get that back. Mung and I are just going to keep mixing it up here. But, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think that Gus Edwards is that red zone guy. He's going to get a big chunk of the work. I do think that we might need to tap the brakes just a bit because 
Baltimore is definitely going to give some carries to a few other guys as much as they run the ball. And a lot of people still believe that the RB2 for that team is not yet on the roster. And they might go get one of these guys that's now floating around, especially after all the cuts that were just made. So that's kind of interesting. What do you think about the, this Tyson Williams guy, Mong? I know he's kind of a new player for a lot of people. Uh, he seems like he's got some talent. It's it's impressive that he was able to uh, apparently step in front of Justice Hill. But what what's your take on him? Yeah, I've grabbed him late uh, in some redraft formats. It's really up in the air because he does have the proto the prototypical size to handle a larger workload. If anything were to mm-hmm. happen now to Gus Edwards, but I also wonder how much of him jumping Hill on the depth chart was Hill battling that high ankle sprain. Um, you know, if we do see Hill back healthy for week one, he could still be more of the slasher, uh, more of the passing down back. So I, I don't know that I'm investing heavily in Tyson Williams or Justice Hill. Certainly, if you were mm-hmm. able to pick up Tyson Williams off waivers, I think if you were able to flip him for a second round rookie pick in Dynasty, I would do that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It, what do you, what about Lamar Jackson? What How do you think that this affects him not having maybe a, a – a more reliable couple of running backs to help carry the load. Do you think we see him rush more? Are, are you adjusting your ranking on Lamar Jackson at all, given the news, or do you think it's uh, pretty much no change for him? Um, not because of this news, but yeah. you know, two things to keep in mind with Lamar Jackson is one, he is coming off of his second bout with COVID. Um, you know, he's a pretty healthy guy in his prime, so I'm not too concerned, but we have seen that that can sap someone's endurance, uh, especially for a quarterback who runs a lot. That's some concern. Uh, and then two, just the injuries to the wide receivers, right? Because the injury to Dobbins isn't necessarily a huge deal as it, as it impacts Lamar. Um, but when you're talking about losing Marquise Brown for most of training camp, Rashad Bateman's going to miss at least three weeks, perhaps more. Uh, it's just the lack of pass catching weapons that, you know, drops him probably to QB4, maybe QB5 in my rankings. Yeah, I think that's about right. I, I haven't adjusted him a whole lot yet, but uh, yeah. And and now as we speak, Dynasty Dad is back. I am back. Panic the is over. The hurricane took me out. Um, are, we, are we good to go over the uh, J.K. Dobbins value? Yeah, we just sized kind up of kind of the rest of the – the Ravens, and we're ready to kind of start sizing up value for J.K. Dobbins. Perfect, perfect. So what I did was I put a thread out there just to kind of see where you guys are at. Um, and the, the vote, the one that was the closest is J.K. Dobbins and Josh Jacobs. One for one. I said, who would you guys rather have? That one was split down the middle, over 500 votes, 50-50. And the other, I mean, if you guys had that choice, what are you taking right here? I mean, I feel like we have a lot of like, hey, if my team's contending, if my team isn't, but in a vacuum, Mung, are we going Dobbins or Jacobs here? Yeah, I, I think the poll's pretty on point. Uh, seems like a pretty fair deal in terms of value. I really think it comes down to contending or rebuilding at that point. Um, prior to the injury, I had both ranked in that back-end RB2 range. So if you need somebody now, then Josh Jacobs fills that spot. Um, and if not, then you know you want to shoot for the upside of Dobbins next year and beyond. Exactly. John, we did that retool episode a couple weeks ago. And this is J.K. Dobbins, just like ETN, just like Cam Akers, maybe not as much Akers because of the injury. But that ACL tear, he's likely going to bounce back. He's an elite athlete. You know, he's been there. This is the perfect retool candidate. So a lot of these are like, you know, the next one's Miles Sanders or Dobbins. You know, if you have Dobbins 
and you're not in contention, but you, or if you have Miles Sanders and you're not in contention, make this trade. You know, make this kind of offer and get yourself better. Because there's a lot of people that realize that start to think Miles Sanders isn't going to get the full workload. Uh, another one, Trey Sermon. You know, it was 60-40. That's pretty close. Maybe you give Trey Sermon in a late second and you get J.K. Dobbins. You know, some of those kind of moves. Oh, definitely not that one. You don't like that one? I would take Sermon straight up over Dobbins. So, yeah, I, I'm, a couple I'm still, Ohio State guys there. I'm, I'm still a Dobbins guy, you know, but I, I know, you know, we have a, a slight disagreement there when it comes to Dobbins and Sermon for sure. The ones I wanted to highlight were the picks, okay? So if we look at early 22 first in a super flex, 73% of you guys are still saying you want that pick over Dobbins. But then when you get to those mid firsts, it's 53-47. So let's say that's 105 through 108. John, are you willing to pay that type of capital now for J.K. Dobbins? Or is that, you know, kind of like we said with ETN, you might have got him at 108, but you're not going to pay 108 now. Yeah, this is a really interesting scenario. I think if it's an early first, I'm doing it for Dobbins. Mid first kind of makes me think for a minute. The thing about it is, like, what what have you really done to improve your team? Like, you're going to have to wait for those picks to show up. We don't exactly know where they're going to land. The running back class coming in, isn't at least initially viewed to be super strong. So those top running backs could already be off the board anyway. And you're getting J.K. Dobbins back healthy next year. So for a mid first or late first, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to do that. I do think he'll come back healthy and he's he's got the athleticism. So I don't I, I'm a little hesitant to do it for anything less than an, what, what I believe will be an early first for J.K. Dobbins right now. Yeah, and it's a difficult situation. I mean, there's a lot of guys we're going out there and, and trying to acquire to make sure we're putting ourselves yeah. into that position. So, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is the most cut and dry we've ca- we've had in a trade where it's like, okay, if you're contending, mm-hmm. you move off him. If you're not, yeah. move right on. Go after J.K. Dobbins and get an opportunity to get there. Um, mm-hmm. I had a question come in, you know, in our group chat here. What wide receiver are you willing to pay? So let's say – both of you guys, I'll open this up. Let's say you're a contender and it's tough to buy those running backs. I mean, what type of wide receiver would you be willing to give up as a contender to get J- – or as a as a retooling team to get J.K. Dobbins? So where do you guys have him in that range? That's a little bit more of a tricky type question, but who would you be willing to give? In a rebuild? Um, I mean, it really depends. I, I think you could probably – say in that Jerry, Jerry, Judy, uh, you know, if well, whoever you value in that back end first range, right? So you're looking at guys like maybe like Devonte Smith, Rashad Bateman, um, guys like that, uh, maybe a Terrace Marshall. Um, like, I, honestly, I'm, I'm probably one of the most risk adverse when it comes to injuries like this, because opportunity is fleeting in the NFL. And none of these guys were guaranteed large workloads to begin with, right? They had a window of opportunity to seize that. Dobbins going into a second year, ETN with that first round draft capital, and then Cam Akers after a strong showing at the end of the last year. But at the same time, if Gus Edwards plays well this year, if James Robinson plays well this year, if Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson play well, um, Henderson in particular, then what kind of workloads are Dobbins, Akers, and ETN, even if they're 100% healthy next year, coming back to, right? Is it feasible that they might not see more than 50-60% of the workload, whereas before they would have had a chance to seize that lead role and not look back? 
So personally, I'm not going out and buying a ton of Dobbins or Acres or ETN. Um, late first round rookie pick is is the range where I would consider that though. So the way I'm looking at this right now is if I have J.K. Dobbins and I'm a contender, I'm willing to go make a trade like this where I would give up J.K. Dobbins and get possibly Cooper Cup and Gus Edwards. You know, target those guys that have Gus Edwards that aren't in contention because we just talked about they're probably going to try to move him, you know, at some point in there. Or possibly a Keenan Allen type move. If you're a contender, people still want J.K. Dobbins, you know, and I, I there's always someone in every league that's really higher on him. You know, we had Commissioner Breeze took him in our – uh, Listener League 2 over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, over DeAndre Swift. You know, he had him as one of those premier running backs. And a lot of people still view him that way. So I think if that guy is retooling, you could definitely kick kick the tires and get Gus Edwards in a Cooper Cup or a Robert Woods type mm-hmm. and some of those guys to put yourself into contention. I cannot, yeah. because of the storm, cannot pop up the screens, but I got a couple trades we wanted to go over. So the first one is from FF Draft Scott, great guy. He said, J.K. Dobbins and, a Jamar, and Jamar Chase – or Godwin, Sermon, and Kenyon Drake? 12-team Superflex. John, we'll go with you first. Smash accept. Give me the Dobbins and Jamar Chase side. You heard it there. Got the cowbell. Yes, sir. Check it yes, out. Sir. You see what it says? A little bit more. Oh, wow. I like it. Hey, I, I like a, it. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more Dynasty trades. So That's right. I, I, you have that one as a smash accept. John, I mean, all right, and Mung. I mean, the one side's got your 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 darling there, Jamar Chase, J.K. Dobbins, but then the other side's got Trey Sermon. So this one might be a little bit closer for you. How are you breaking this one down? I think it's a pretty fair deal. Um, it makes sense for a contending team to take Godwin and Sermon, or Sermon, excuse me, and then for the rebuilding team to take uh, Chase and Dobbins here. Yeah, and that was that was my analysis as well. Like this is the ultimate, you know, if I'm rebuilding, this is an ultimate move because we all believe. I, at least I still do. I don't know if you guys do. I still believe Jamar Chase is a top-notch talent. Oh, yeah. He's been out of football for so long. He's going to catch back on. You get Dobbins, you get Chase, you know, and essentially that moves you there. If you're in a contending team, this is a nice move for, for the other side as well because you get Chris Godwin, who isn't, you know, as value-wise a drop-off from Jamar Chase. You get Trey Sermon, who Mung's even said he's, you know, has equal to J.K. Dobbins in value. And then you get a nice, you know, extra lottery pick in there with, with Kenyon Drake which could really pay off. And that's what I'm saying right now is add those lottery picks, get those running backs that could pay off because you might find the next Gus Edwards, you know? And yeah. It and might Mike, really... I, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that I actually do like you asked about some, or we had a listener ask about what wide receivers would you be targeting? I actually think that Chris Godwin is, is a solid target there. I would want more from him, the uh, trading JK Dobbins. than I think Mung might be willing to give up. Um, so I, I'd be targeting guys like Godwin, Brandon, Ayuk. If you could figure out a way to get Terry McLaurin out of it, those are the kind of guys I'd want. And then um, I, I, I kind of would would like it if you could figure out a way to get Trey Sermon and something packaged with it. I, I would probably do it straight up for Javante Williams. It's kind of where I have him. But I can tell you this. I would definitely have um, J.K. Dobbins above Cam Akers and Travis Etienne right now for me. Yeah, Javante's a guy I'm definitely moving, moving, trying yeah. to get in there. And that leads good us target. to our next trade sent in from Jester It Up. Love this one. Competitive team, good chance to win. It's a .33 per carry, so not .25. It's a little bit more heavy. And we got side one in the 12 team is Dobbins, Javante in a second. Side two is Jonathan Taylor. I think you guys are going to be really shocked by the actual final results on this one. But who are you taking here? Dobbins, Javante in a second, 
or are you taking Jonathan Taylor? We'll start, Mung, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be Taylor here because there's some concern about Naeem Hines taking that pass-catching role, but in a points per carry, especially .33 per carry, I mean, we know Taylor's going to get a ton of rushing attempts, so I would definitely take Taylor there. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty tough one. I, I think it's somewhat even. I, I just think it back to drafts last year where we had J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor kind of back and forth in a lot of debate. And so if you're able to pick up J.K. Dobbins and Javante Williams and a pick, that's pretty tempting. But I think at the same time, if you're making that move and you want to compete and you, and you just manage to get who I believe is, is a top three dynasty running back, then you've done very well. And in, in, the, in that particular format, it's, it's, it's a solid, aggressive move. So I, I think it's actually a pretty fair trade overall. Yeah. What do you think, Dad? I, I love this for both sides. I mean, I, am, yeah. I love Jonathan Taylor. You guys know that. But you're right. I mean, I felt like these guys were really close when we, had, when we were having our draft, when we were, like, debating things back. And you get Dobbins, Javante Williams, and that second. It lets you kind of play around with it. If you are not full-on contention – I can see a scenario here where, where Javante Williams is a back-end RB1 or at least an RB2 if he takes over fairly early here. So this one really could could pay off. You know, it's one of those insulated trades where you're getting multiple pieces. And maybe you take, if you are competitive, you have Javante Williams. We've been talking about some moves on how to get rid of Dobbins. Maybe you take this move, and we talked about this during the retooling. It doesn't mean you have to keep J.K. Dobbins on that roster. You know, you could go and make this move, trade J.K. Dobbins and a second and get another guy, you know, get a, another running back that puts you in that in that same position. But, you know, in a vacuum right here before we cascade that trade. Yeah, I'm going Jonathan Taylor as well. But I see there's a lot of ways. Great to trade, this, though. Yeah, to make this work. Another great trade sent in from Johnny Washboard. Uh, this is a point five PPR in win now mode. He said, would you trade J.K. Dobbins and a 22 first? So we're assuming a late first for Joe Mixon. This one, Twitter has literally. 50.8 to 49.2, so almost 50-50. Someone jump in on this one because this one's like this one's tugging at my heartstrings a little bit. You know, what I mentioned was Joe Mixon has not been the beacon of health as well. You know, if Joe Mixon goes down this year early, his value is less than J.K. Dobbins. So you have to, you know, it, it, it gets tricky. I'd rather see that 22 first paid for a Chris Carson than give up J.K. Dobbins and a first. But I can see where Twitter's at on this one. I'll jump in on this one. I, I would actually rather be on the Dobbins and first side. And, and you know, I like Mixon. I'm rolling with Mixon and Smash Accept Listener League. I think he's actually going to have a great year. But there's just more value on the other side for me. I, I, I think in a couple years, Dobbins is going to be viewed as well above Mixon. So just thinking down the road, plus you just packaged it with a first. If I was going to pick up Mixon, I would really want to make sure, like I'm with Mixon, I am a top three team without a shadow of a doubt, because that's just one that you could potentially come to regret if you don't end up, you know, making a run in the playoffs and going for a ship. One, two seasons from now, you're going to look back and like, why did I do that trade? Yeah, and we make these moves, right? Sometimes, like, we give up a player in a first, and it's, a, it's an overreaction, and, and we kind of get ourselves into a situation where we're like, ooh, that kind of stings now, you know? But, I mean, Mixon, Mung, you love Mixon as well. We've all been big on him. Um, John's trying to, you know, talk Mixon up. So he, we all know John's going to finish third in the Smash Except Listener League, you know what I mean? We, we've, we've already been over that. 
the showdown's week one, and then it's week 17. It's going to be Mung and I. But, you know, John's really into mixing here. What about you? Yeah, I think it's a move that makes sense. As long as you're a strong contender and you're confident that that's, you know, your first round pick that's going to be fairly late, um, I would make that move for Mixon, who has true three-down workhorse ability. Uh, you know, the offensive line, people have worries about in Cincinnati, but it might not be quite as bad as we think. Uh, so overall, I, I think it's a fair deal. Um, but again, you know, keep in mind as we discuss all these that I was much lower on Dobbins than consensus to begin with. Um, I never thought that Baltimore was going to kind of just hand the reins over uh, of that backfield to him. Um, so I, I don't believe that he's going to step back into any sort of workhorse role either. See, but that's what I love when all three of us are on, right? We're all – that's what your dynasty leagues are like, right? It's not 12 dudes with the exact same mentality, right? It's not that. We all have different – that's why dynasty is so much better than redraft sometimes, you know? Like we all love redraft. But in dynasty, you can make these trades because – Mung's feeling a certain way about Dobbins. John feels another, and I feel another, you know, and we might side one way or another. But that's where you got to get creative with these trades. You know, it's not just, oh, I lost Dobbins. I got to trade for this running back. You know, I got to give this up. Be creative. Think about it. You know, tag us, hashtag smash, accept any of us. We will help you out with these trades. I mean, last week I had 151 DMs and tags where you guys are just out there like, what do we do, right? And we love that. That's what we're here for. We want to assess those trades. We want you guys to hit us up in the DMs, hit us up on polls, and we want to try to make that a, a, an obvious choice for you. you know. And, and right now is a tricky situation, and that's why we created this podcast. That's why we really try to hammer home what's going on with those situations and, and what can I do with my team and how can I make my team better because what we're about is literally roster construction and making trades. And when it comes to that, we talk about roster construction. We've been talking about a quarterback here, John, for a while since we had on Matt Waldman that we've all been picking up. I know all of our listeners have been picking him up. They talk about him in all of our listener leagues. Yo, it's Mac Jones season. Mac Jones. Yeah, and this has been really fun to watch. And I can only tell you guys, our, our Smash Except listener league, I know some of you guys are listening live. That we just have threads a mile long going back and forth on this situation. <laughs> and, I got it. I got it queued up on the side where the, the gift yeah, is on the loop right now of him walking in on draft night. Yeah. And we were talking about that. That's like the smash except where it's like still yeah, the principal. music in the background. And he yeah. comes walking up like, hey, let's do it. I mean, the news was crazy, right? I know yeah. there were some people that were saying, hey, you know, Cam Newton doesn't have a lot of guarantees here. It's mostly incentive based. And then he, you know, he refuses to get vaccinated. And Mac Jones has a fantastic preseason. And now he is that guy. You know, he's the guy that's taken over. And, yeah. you know, one of the three of the five starting quarterbacks, we've said five of the five might start by week five. And Mac yeah. Jones is one of those guys now. Yeah, that was my bold prediction that they'd all be starting by week five, all five of them. I had Mac Jones as the QB4 coming out. I still have him certainly above Zach Wilson, who I'm not as high on. But going back to even April and May timeframe, we were listening to guys like Matt Waldman, like you said, that was really hyping Mac Jones. I retweeted one of the segments that we had with Waldman talking about his ceiling potentially being up there near Peyton Manning's. And he was he was dead serious that he has that type of potential. And yeah, there's there's people even in New England throwing around Tom Brady's name. That it, so yeah, of course we're we're all not going to get too carried away here. This season, everybody needs to tap the brakes a bit. It is a run-heavy offense. Yeah. But look, I mean, 
in Dynasty, it's exactly what you want to see happen. You go off and get a rookie QB in your rookie draft. He, I got him late first in a lot of the drafts, and he's already day one starting. It's such a great sign. I consider him kind of in the like QB 16 range. We think there's 32 teams. He's somewhere in, in the middle right now in terms of overall dynasty QB rankings because I, I love his potential. He doesn't have the ability to, to do anything on the ground, really. But again, as Matt Waldman was telling us, guys like Peyton Manning, guys like Tom Brady can still put up crazy numbers. And again, like we were talking about throughout the summer, that system that Belichick has built there does play perfectly for Mac Jones, his style. They went out and got him for a reason. And so you can start telling yourself a narrative that this guy could start to approach that ceiling scenario. And so it's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, you know, he comes into that same type system, you know, Alabama was a professional system. He's a super intelligent quarterback. The thing that I'm telling people to pump the brakes is as a little bit here is, you know, let's Tom Brady was the QB 11 last year. If you don't have that rushing yeah. upside, you yeah. will not be a QB one. Mac Jones does not have that ceiling to be up there with the Kyler Murray's with the Trey Lance. And speaking of which, Mung, you're going to die on this one, but I just saw a Twitter trade Mac Jones in a second for Trey Lance. Uh, <laughs> make those deals. Cause if that guy, I mean, I, I'm, I didn't think that was even comprehensive, but if you can get fields, or Trey Lance for Mac Jones in a second because someone really needs that quarterback and they're like, oh, this guy's starting. He must be a better rookie. Go do that. Like, That's a smash. Go do That's that. a smash. Because man. Mac Jones is still, to me, the QB4 in this class. You know, And I feel like he's going to have a little bit more of a, an immediate production. But, I mean, it's still Lawrence, Fields, and Lance. You cannot put Mac Jones above them because of, you know, he's going to make all the throws. You know, we know that. But the rushing upside is just not there. And, you know, those are the kind of moves. I mean, Mung, you would you would break your finger smashing the accept button on that if it was Trey Lance, right? Yeah, I think you put it pretty well, right? Because if you're if you're a Patriots fan right now, you're really happy by what you've seen from Mac Jones so far this preseason. Um, But again, for fantasy, like you reiterated, the rushing upside is so, so important. Uh, that Mac Jones just, it's tough to see him cracking that top 12, maybe not even top 15. Um, look, at the beginning of Brady's tenure in New England, uh, it was a very similar blueprint where the Patriots relied heavily on their defense, which, again, they have a very good defense this year. Uh, they have a very strong offensive line. Uh, we should be seeing a lot of Damian Harris, a lot of the running game. Um, and then also, you know, they paid a lot of money for Nelson Aguilar, uh, but who knows, right? The, the two tight ends have already been dealing with some injuries. So the, the receiving core isn't the best. Uh, the pass volume may not be there. So, again, if you can capitalize on the hype right now in fantasy and sell Mac Jones, then I would do so. Um, in NFL terms, I'm very excited to see where his development's going to go. Yeah, they got those memes out there where they show Cam Newton just shredded, right? And then they show Mac Jones. They always show that that picture of dad bod just straight yeah, dad bod. A little dad bod you know yeah. and when i see mac jones and i see his ability you know sometimes i know i know matt waldman said peyton manning i see a ben roethlisberger type like he's gonna be a okay two i think every year right once they get some weapons around him he could be you know an, an upper end qb2 when it comes to dynasty if he gets the right weapons but let's talk a little bit about the weapons that are there right now right yeah for me jacoby meyer gets gets the obvious bump um i feel like you know, I've, I've 
the rest of the offense, you know, I, I like the tight ends. I think Jonu gets a little bit of a bump. But is there any other weapons we're excited about here? I mean, you know, we got mm-hmm. Bourne, we got Aguilar. You know, obviously Nikhil Harry's out. There's nothing super exciting here that should yeah. catapult Mac Jones where we're like, he's a QB1, lock it in. Like, we're not talking about he's taking over in Tampa Bay where he's got Godwin, Brown, and, and Evans. He's got some guys, right? Yeah, uh, I, I'll weigh in on that one. I actually agree with Mong. I think that this is going to be a good NFL team. I do not think this is going to be a really good fantasy team. But the one that I am truly excited about, really there's two, but it, it has to be Damian Harris here. Yes. So let, let's, you. I mean, yes. I looked at this up. <laughs> All right. Woo! Damian Got Harris. Got pumped. No, I, I think that. It's fairly obvious to me. I mean, look at the red zone carries last season, and this is staggering, but Cam Newton had 22 red zone carries for the Patriots. No one else on the roster had more than four. Four. I was like, is this right? And, it, and you know, it, it's, it's incredible to think about that. So all those red zone carries got to go somewhere. And so I, I think that Damian Harris could definitely clean up he just didn't have the chance I, last year. I absolutely love that. Sticking to the same episode, if someone came to you today and said, yo, I'm going to give you Damian Harris in a late first for Jake Dobbins, would you take that? You know, I feel like we're talking about a situation where we just kind of, you get Damian Harris, who I feel like is going to be a rock-solid RB2 and a first. Would you give up J.K. Dobbins? That's really close, but I would definitely consider it with Damian Harrison, and if, especially if I think talking, the first is solid. Yeah, right. We started talking. And I'm like, you know, that's not a bad offer if you believe in Damian Harris. That could get you the similar type production, and you get that first next year, kind of rolling that same kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah, and you know, the other guy that I like is Jacoby Myers. I, I really think the kid has just been displaying talent, good route running, good hands, pretty consistently now. Nelson Aguilar, they did pay to come in but it just feels like jacoby is the guy that's consistently running the routes getting open and kind of has that mojo with mac jones whereas Aguilar, i think actually has a bit more limited route tree um certainly we know that he's going to get the go routes and that kind of thing but i mean we're looking at from weeks eight to 17 he had 30 percent target share that's nuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, he, for he sure. You just well. got to get the touchdowns. And I think he those come, right? Off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. With Mac Jones throwing the ball, they're going to be throwing in the red zone more than they did with Cam. We just went through that. So I think Jacoby Myers is a beneficiary here as well. And so you know, those are the guys that I'm targeting following the Mac Jones trade. Now, I, we just talked about Damian Harris. Among the other guy there to, to, to talk about is, is Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, this could be a situation where. Everybody's buying Harris after this. Stevenson has some serious upside in this offense. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I'm slightly lower on Damian Harris still. Um, People have compared Gus Edwards' post-Dobbins injury to Damian Harris, and I'm still higher uh, on Gus Edwards. Uh, The reason being that there is more talent in that New England backfield, right? We saw Ramondre Stevenson really flash in the preseason Um, we do think that Harris is going to be the lead back and that he probably will see the majority of the red zone carries. But at the same time, there could be a role for Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, We know that James White's still going to be involved. 
it's still kind of a three-headed monster here, even if we're projecting Harris to be the lead back, whereas I'm not quite as concerned about Tyson Williams and Justice Hill in that Baltimore backfield. Uh, but certainly the touchdown upside is definitely there for Harris, and I've bumped him up in my rankings. And if you guys are in deeper dynasty leagues, J.J. Taylor had a phenomenal preseason. And he, you know, James White is done in New England after next year. You know, I don't feel like they bring him back. And J.J. Taylor's had a lot of PPR upside when it looks like, you know, obviously he's playing against some third stringers and things like that. But he's looked good. He's been on the radar. If you're in that deeper 30-plus man league, or not, not, not league, but roster size, go out there and get J.J. Taylor, you know, make an offer there. Anything else to, to comment on this offense before we start diagnosing some trades? Well, I mean, I, I'll come back to a couple things. I, I, as I said last week on the pod, Mike, in that root tool episode, Ramonde Stevenson is a fantastic stash right now. Uh, I'm almost worried that we're, we're talking about him too much and my, my league mates are going to be picking him up in front of me. But I, I really do like the guy's talent. And when Sony got shipped out and Cam left as well you got to continue to bump him up there but then you do come back to the tight ends as well like i think that with johnny smith hunter henry you could see cam newton being a bit more um target targeting those guys in that type of offense that that he would he would run versus mac jones potentially spreading it out a bit more and so i that's the other thing we haven't covered were, were those tight ends. Obviously, they went out and paid these guys. They're going to be a key part of the offense. I also think they're going to be blocking. I still like Johnny Smith, but I'm just not sure exactly if he's going to be like the top target now with Mac Jones running the show. Yeah, I mean, we always know that a tight end is a rookie's best friend sometimes. You know, he's more of a safety It could be blank. safety blank. Yeah. But I, yeah, I yeah. don't. I mean, in the, in the past, neither of these guys have been big reception tight ends. They have not been a Zach Ertz where they're going, you know, six yards and, and getting open. I mean, both of them have been more red zone targets and guys that are they're both good blocking tight ends. But I, I, I've had a hard time taking either of them. Like, I, I really do. Like, I, I want to let – if it was one of them there, I think I would. But I don't get excited about either of them when it comes to that offense. I mean, I don't yeah. know why. It just – I think it's I feel just you. because they're both there. You I do have one more stat I wanted to throw in here, though. Like, so we kind of balance both sides. So for you Patriots fans that are listening in, this one also was fairly mind-blowing. The PFF rating system that they use to rate all the quarterbacks during the preseason. And, yes, I know it's preseason, but they had Mac Jones as the number two overall highest-rated quarterback during the preseason for all quarterbacks that played. So, hey, that's worth something. That says the kid is pretty solid. We said it on here that we think he's one of the more pro-ready ones. I mean, we know the upside yeah. of Field and Lance, but he was going to be somebody that could jump in day one. Uh, Cam Newton, you know, we got to talk a little bit about it. I think Cam Newton, you know, I know a lot of people say, hey, maybe he's done. He feels like the perfect fit for the Dallas Cowboys, right? Dak struggled here a little bit with his, with his shoulder, trying to find things. You know, you want to get that upside backup quarterback you want to get a guy who runs a similar type offense a guy who can be close to what Dak Prescott would what are we doing with Cam Newton I mean people are like hey should I cut him if it's super flex I think you got to hold on to him you got to see what the situation is here because he definitely still has that rushing upside to be a guy who you know and Mung I'm glad I didn't accept our trade with Cam Newton I'd be crying right now but you know the window to buy is cheap now but what are we what are we thinking with Cam Newton? Is he done? 
or is he going to move on to somewhere else and play in a secondary role? And we also got to look at, obviously, he does not want to get vaccinated, and people were talking about that might have played a little bit of the role here with New England where it's like, hey, we don't want that risk. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can cut him straight up in super flex formats. Um, certainly in one quarterback, it depends on how deep or shallow your bench is. Uh, I, I don't know that he's going to get a starting job anywhere in 2021. I think he'd be a good fit uh, behind like a Trey Lance or a Lamar Jackson type um, in 2022 and beyond. But really, you know, the, the window is is very small for NFL starting quarterbacks, and uh, th this could be it. So if you can get decent value, um, if you can get a second-round pick in Superflex formats, I would sell Newton for that at this point. Yeah, and as soon as he signs as a backup, I think that's the opportunity there. A lot of teams, yeah. I mean, even you, you said Baltimore – Tyson Huntley's looked really good, you know, and like why bring in someone that's a potential diva, you know, and that's that's what the thing is with Cam Newton. Let's jump right into the trades here because I want to you know, keep it at that hour mark. But we got Steeman Beeman, you know, Willie Beeman DFF. We all love Steeman Willie Beeman, you know. Uh, he traded for Mac Jones last week. He gave up Aaron Rodgers in a third for Mac Jones and a second. Harrison Bryant's kind of a toss-in. Let's talk about this one a little bit. You know, this might be – and this is a situation where it's a little bit – I'm going to pull up, you know, the rest of the what he actually was going through here because he said that this is a 36-team, three-copy league. So in three divisions, it's a 12-team super flex. He won the title last year, and he has Brady, Rodgers, and Tannehill. So he felt like he needed to get younger. So now that we have that information, again, we love when you guys do this, honestly. Like, I, I asked him because I was like, that seems a little light to me. I feel like Matt Jones in a second for Rodgers in a third is, is too light. But then he shows the situation where he has Tannehill. He has Brady for this year. Matt Jones is quarterback of the future. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I have Rodgers ranked behind both Brady and Tannehill in redraft. So I don't think that he'll be, he would have been starting him very often. Um, so to get younger at that position, to chew for upside, we know that Rodgers had a career high touchdown rate last year, unlikely to match that. Uh, the Packers lost two of their starting offensive linemen from 2020. So, yeah, I, I like that deal a lot. I think it's a fair trade overall in value, but I think it's a win for him considering his roster. I would have almost liked to see him get a better third piece. Like Harrison Bryant felt like, dude, just throw me somebody, right? Like it was kind of that area. Um, John, I mean, you've been high on higher on Rodgers. I was, yeah. I was pretty big on Rodgers. Given the fact that he has Brady and Tannehill, you know, is this yeah. a deal that, that you think we should definitely be making? I think you've played your strengths and you got younger. It's a smart move. It's a, it's kind of um, a retool move, like we talked yeah. about last week, Mike. And you, you can retool when you're competitive. You don't have to Absolutely. retool when yeah. you're like, oh, I'm out. Let's figure it out. Yeah, so I, I do like it. And look, I mean, I am higher on Aaron Rodgers, I think, than most. I still think that he could have a, like a top six QB finish this season. I think he's going to be on up yours two or part two and just scorched earth everywhere he goes. And I, and I think he's going to be continuing to throw the ball in the red zone on the one yard line. He's going to want to just pile up stats and prove everybody wrong is the narrative that I, that I believe. I do think that we could see some regression. So, you know, frankly, for the other side, if you're picking up Aaron Rodgers and you needed that, this is another example of a trade that could work for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a scenario where, you know, we take the picks out of that and try to get Mac Jones and a wide receiver that's going to help your team and do some things like that. But overall, that's, that's pretty nice. Our next trade sent in from Ben. That's at BWW 
ASEA. Probably last name, who knows. Uh, he's a 12-team Superflex Debbie League. Made the deal last night. No talk beforehand, just showed up in his inbox. Hit that smash accept button. He sent Zach Wilson, and he received Michael Pickman and Mac Jones. Smash accept. By the way, Ben, you know, that, that's how winning is done. You know, that is a great smash. trade right there. Because all three of us have, you know, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson in a similar type area. I feel like we're all slightly higher on Mac Jones. And then you get Michael Pittman for free. I think Michael Pittman, and it looks like they crossed out a 23 second. I don't even know what that means. It's, he just edited I think that was the but... owner, but yeah, he, he gets a second with it as well. Oh, okay. So he gets the 23 yeah, seconds. That's the dentist team manager, yeah. It's even better, you know? Yeah, so, such a smash for yeah, me. He, he didn't want to badmouth the other guy. I like that, you know? Like, I would have just tagged that other guy, put it in there, be like, you got you got roasted. Shamed him. Shamed him completely. No, that, that makes it even more of a smash, except that, that's getting a second cowbell. Like, I feel like that is that is awesome right there. Like, you nailed it. You get that second-round pick, and, uh, yeah. Michael Pittman is someone who I'm starting to come around on, right? I mean, T.Y. Hilton's out. T.Y. on an IR, yeah. I, I feel like Michael Pittman could be a decent, you know, wide receiver 2-3 area where I was out on him for a while there. I could Oops. see him actually being, um, like, could, could become the, the top red zone threat and mm -hmm. downfield threat. Paris yeah. Campbell – Hasn't shown anything yet, but he's going to be more of the guy slot over the middle. Yeah. So, and the tight ends are still somewhat unproven as well. So, yeah, you could tell yourself Michael Pittman has a lot of upside. The next one sent in from 2QB Fantasy. He says, took him at the 105 in a two-quarterback league. So, he was the last quarterback taken. It went one through five. I drop a cold, dead hand take but truth is i think fields and lance will be better in fantasy because of their mobility talk to me a little bit about that even though i think he's the best pass catcher in the class so i mean he got him at at five and this is one thing that i'm telling people is we we talked about the rushing upside is capped if you if you took him in the late first and you can cash in for an early first next year at this point i feel like that could be a move with a little bit more upside because I do feel like the upside is capped here a little bit. Am I am I wrong? Yeah, we'll I mean, going back yeah. to what we said, uh, the lack of mobility just, you know, it, it's not there. And then we also don't expect a ton of pass volume. And those two things are, are crucial for fantasy production at the quarterback position. Yeah, and we're not talking like lack of a Konami code. We're talking like when you look up the stats of Dan Marino and so I see he has negative 37 rushing yards in his career. <laughs> or Peyton Manning when he had like, eight yards in a year like mac jones is not mobile he's not going to move around john if, if you took him at let's say you know i got him at 205 in one super flex would you immediately be able to cash out and say that a top four or five super flex pick next year and just say you know what i was not big on him i got him at the 205 i'm going to ship him out or is it let's wait and see well so yeah, I mean, I think you know, that it, it it's, gets in that tough thing. We haven't seen the reveal yet, right? Yeah. For what is this New England offense really going to look like? I mean, if he just comes out, especially out of the gates, and he's just running a um, a very efficient game manager type offense, and they're pounding the ball, you could see Mac Jones' value start to dip a bit. So selling now, cashing in, makes some sense. But if you're playing the long game, I, again, I think Mac Jones has a ton of potential, and there's a lot of leagues out there that award six points for passing touchdowns mm -hmm. that kind of starts to level the playing field just a little bit on that versus the rushing focused quarterbacks. So 
for me, I don't think it necessarily has to be a cash out. I think that because of his mid to long-term potential, if you can be patient, you might might just want to hold on and sell when his value starts to creep up over time. I like that too. I mean, I don't want, I don't want our listeners to think that I'm like completely crapping on Mac Jones because I do like him. I have him in a lot of places. And, and you're right. I think he could be, if you told me he would play the next 15 years, I wouldn't, I would say, yeah, absolutely. He's a smart guy. He's got a plus arm. It's very accurate. So, yeah, I was just trying to see where you guys were at, if that's something where it's like, hey, let's move on to the next shiny toy. And that's what my boy Dynasty Bro Vic did here. That's at Chief, Aso- at Chief Sosa FF. If you guys didn't listen to their podcast yesterday, it was their 100th episode. I kind of, Dynasty Bro Dot roasted me. I put a video out there for those guys to put on their on their 100th episode. So congratulations to you. Congrats, guys. guys. Congrats. We're look, we're Can we get a cowbell one. for those guys? Woo! Get it, get, get it going. Yo, and, and not you can't, they're the only podcast I know that they have their own DJ. DJ Avo, best in the biz. So we need to start yeah. getting, Mung and I both they're have legit. our hats on backwards, so we might start DJing a little bit, see what happens. Please, please don't you do know? that. DJ yeah, Dad. Don't do that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to have to cut that off. I feel like I would just be, uh, I just keep playing like you spin me right round. You know, we get get some like. Yeah, it wouldn't be pretty. Again. So he he's in a rebuild. 14 team super flex. He traded Mac Jones and Jamar Jefferson, you know, kind of a throw in for Miles Sanders. Then flipped Miles Sanders for Dwayne Eskridge at a 22 first, second, and third. So essentially, he cascaded Mac Jones for Eskridge, a first, a second, and a third. So he's rebuilding. What do we think here? It's a 14 team super flex. So if you guys are in a 14 team super flex, quarterbacks are hard to come by. I mean, you know. Jake and I made that trade for Winston today, but it's tough to come by a quarterback. Cause even in a rebuild, Mac Jones feels like a little bit of a, an edge to me here. Yeah, I, I don't hate the end result because he was able to flip Sanders for a first and second, and right. I actually like uh, Dwayne Eskridge or D Eskridge as you know, kind of a lotto ticket as the number three in Seattle if they end up running a little bit more up tempo this year. Um, but I, I certainly would not have traded Mac Jones for Miles Sanders just because one, I, I don't think that Sanders is going to be any more than a back end RB two, um, and two, I, I think his perceived value is also low. So the odds of you flipping him for something like that, uh, I, I'm surprised he was able to get a first plus a second. Uh, I suppose in a deeper 14 team league where starting running backs are also hard to come by, it makes sense. Correct. Um, so again, I, I don't love the process. Uh, the end result was not terrible. Yeah, and he cascaded that really nicely. We, we mm-hmm. talked about that last week. Really trying to. It doesn't mean you have to like that guy. Maybe there's a yeah a dynasty dad in your league who loves Miles Sanders. You know, like there's a there's mm-hmm. an Eagles fan in there. No, you can flip that one way or another. Um, if we're contending, you know, what's the kind of quarterback? If you're not believing in the Mac Jones hype. Who are we willing to move off? You know, who are we trying to go out there and get? Who's that quarterback where we see in that similar type range where it's like, you know what, I like Mac Jones, but I want to I want to win it all this year. What are some moves that we can make for our, our some of our listeners? I mean, I, personally, I have Ryan Tannehill ranked way, way ahead of Mac Jones and Dynasty, but uh, it seems like Tannehill never gets any love. So maybe never. you could maybe you could get Tannehill for Mac Jones plus a second, something along those lines. Another guy you may um, want to target is Matt Stafford. Yes, yes. That that might make like sense for a contender. Yeah, and and if you could pull off Tannehill, fantastic move. And by the way, Dad, I'm still trying to like shake 
this idea of you as a DJ. Like, like I really think we need to leave this. <laughs> I pictured so you with like the flock of seagulls haircut yes. and just spinning like 80s style. You spin me around and just, dude, you know, it, it would, be, would be doing. <laughs> it'd be but, hard to watch. Yeah. It would be hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. That might be, you know, so I'm getting a lot of requests. I'm not even lying about smash except TikTok going or dynasty dad, TikTok. I think dynasty dad, DJ TikTok is going to be a thing. It's going to be, it's going to be great. People are going to love that. <laughs> no, 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 no comment. No comment. One. No, I know. My kids were like, my kids are, they, all they see is like the TikTok dances and stuff like that. And I, whenever I hear TikTok, I'm like, yeah, can't really quite do that. But I'm saying yeah. you guys yeah. really come out there and, and go with it. So um, now on the flip side, you know, and we talked about this and I, I'm getting questions and, and I, I alluded to it earlier. Now that Mac Jones hype is here, you know, if you had him at QB4, how much more would you add to get Fields and Lance and feel like you got that little bit of upside. Because right now, like I said, Field and Lance are not the starters. Mac Jones is a starter. People get excited about that. Can we cash in on that? And how much more would you be willing to pay? Is Mac Jones in a first? Get you Justin Fields? And would you do that? I, th I think I would. I, I mean, I again, I have him the QB4, pretty high on the guy. But I do have those other three a, a clear tier above. And I'd be willing to trade it first to get up into that tier. To me, just getting those elite higher ceiling guys is how you win in Superflex leagues. So I would do that for Fields, Lance, or Trevor in this case. And you know, especially if I'm competitive and it's it, I'm trading a lower first. To me, that makes sense. Let's say you're on the flip side here. Let's say mm -hmm. you're rebuilding and you drafted Trey Lance or you drafted Justin Justin Fields. Would you sell Mac Jones for? Or would you sell one of those guys from Mac Jones and two firsts? Maybe somebody's 22 and 23 first. You know, I feel like that's the kind of move where if you're you're trying to hedge your bets and you're trying to rebuild, I want Lance and Fields everywhere. I mean, I, I, I and, and Lawrence. I just feel like Lawrence has been priced out. Is that something we could possibly, you know, put into a scenario? Am I crazy on that, Mung? Is that too far off? Oh, that, that's a tough one. Um, man. Yeah, I mean, in a full rebuild. A different, yeah, like let's say the only thing you have is you had like the 102 and you took Lance. So now you're like the rest of your team is rough. And we know Mac Jones is going to be around. You know, we all we all see it. The writing's on the wall. He's going to be their quarterback for quite some time. Here. If, those, if those firsts are from a poor team that's also rebuilding, that could potentially be pretty early. Uh, that's probably a move I would make if both of those, if it's like a strong contending team with a, a stacked roster and they're offering that deal where those firsts are probably going to be late. I'm probably still keeping Lance. Love it. Love it. Any more takes on Mac Jones or what's going on, you know, Mac Jones or Dobbins before we kind of close things out. Great. I like, I think just, we nailed it. Like, I think I just can't wait to watch these guys. guys. I, right. Yeah. Week one, Mac Jones versus Tua, by the way. That's going to oh, be fun. Both those nice. former Bama guys. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's what I just, I'm so hyped about is watching these guys in action. Oh, that week one, man, you know, like. Such a great feeling. Joy was like, hey, do you mind if I hang out with my girlfriends this Sunday? And I'm like, that, you know, next Sunday, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. No, you're fine. <laughs> Please do. It's perfectly fine. Boys. I'm just day. making it every <laughs> Sunday thing. Yeah, just go for it. 
she does actually this seven hour window yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah from like one to eight maybe nine you know we'll see what happens there but i'm just super excited to get the youtube tv ready to watch all the all the games we're so excited to just you know get out there and see it Mung, what's what's the most exciting thing you're you're really into other than our our little hedge bet with jonathan taylor and clyde edwards hilaire coming on yeah i just uh I don't know. Honestly, I'm just excited for football to be back. You know, we're just slightly over a week away at this point, I think. Um, definitely going to set aside the schedule, watch the Bucks and the, the Cowboys face off to kick everything off. But uh, yeah, I, honestly, as an NFL fan, I'm just really excited to see how high uh, this Bucks team can soar with Tom Brady in year two with Bruce Arians. Um, you guys know I'm a huge Brady fan, and I, I truly believe that this could be another MVP season for him, um, shattering all kinds of records at, at age 44. So it's just uh, really excited about that. It's a kickoff game versus the boys in Dak Prescott. That's going to be fun. Dude. Yeah, should be one of the best of the, of the week, too. Can't wait. Is that a Cortland Sutton jersey I see in the background? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my one of my good friends, he got me that for my uh, my birthday. So put put that up. Um, eventually, I'll have to once I move. Hopefully, I'll, I'll get a basement or something, and uh, I'll have to put everything up. I, I have a Ayuk jersey from Pristine Auction as well, so I gotta frame that one still. And uh, yeah, yeah. So Mike, for me, just jumping in on this, I am really pumped. I'm gonna do a quick shout out here to the BanFL League. This is year 21 that we have coming up we're doing an auction this you saturday and then we're all officially drink now yes that's right <laughs> we are legal now it's it's wild and we've been doing this since college and so really looking forward to getting together i think this is one of the biggest draft weekends possibly uh, of the year and so enjoy it i'm so hyped just to have fun with some of my boys i got my draft board i'm all set up we're gonna go to a live football game together and so i'm so excited about that and after the pandemic, it's just going to be great to be back with everybody. And then again, it's the seven hours of, you know, commercial free red zone. I'm looking forward to, I, I listened to our boy, Dave Kluge uh, interviewing Scott Hansen, apparently like just load up on salty proteins and salty you can just, you, you can just hang on the couch for seven hours. You're good to go. <laughs> so I may try that. They, they just go for it. Love it, guys. Hey, make sure you get your salty proteins and enjoy the process. Boom. Yo.